I'm Steve Maletto from Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in three, two, one. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you will have more fun with Chris Nessie, AJ Bianco, and me, Stacey Lindis. Hello out there in podcast land. Welcome back to another episode of Podcast PD. We are so glad you are joining us for this wonderful episode. And as always, thank you for making Podcast PD a part of your professional development. As we are approaching these summer months, hopefully you continue listening to us as we have some great things going on. But before we talk about that, let us welcome my co-hosts, two of my favorite people, Chris Vernessi. Stacey Lindes. What's going on, guys? Hey, AJ. How are you? Doing good, Stace. How are Chris. you, Christopher? I am doing well. It is always a pleasure to be here on a Sunday night talking with my two best friends in education. I know. I do, it's I, been a couple of weeks since we spoke. How's everybody get doing? What's new? It's June. That's a plus for, for teachers. If you're on Twitter, we're all on Twitter. You see teachers who in other parts of the country, they're done. Isn't that crazy to think about? Like we don't we don't start that much later than a lot of schools. But we do. We do. do we really, though? We do. We do. We, like, for I, those schools that are done, like, they started three weeks before we did. I mean, there are some places where they start, you know, the first or just at the beginning of the second week of August. Okay. All right. I get you. Like, that's really early for us, anyway. I mean, I already have my calendar for next year, and... Uh, you know, we, we start, you know, the week after Labor Day. I think we're the same. And this year, we're fortunate enough to have two days before the kids report. And those are always just chaotic. AJ, what's new with you? So what's new with me? I'll, I'll be honest. I have two weeks left of school. We get out in the middle of June this year. What's your end date? Our end date is June 15th. You're earlier than I am. Yes, yes. No way. Well, you remember, we also missed a couple of the holidays here and there, and we didn't get off for the teacher convention here in New Jersey. That was part of the plan that we were going to get it out a little early, and there was some work that's going to be done at our school. So we got out a little early just for those reasons, and uh, it's been a good year. It's something we can reflect on. Your union didn't fight the fact that you didn't have offer convention? They did not fight it, and the main reason was because it was – promised to us that it would not become the norm. Have you gotten your calendar for the coming 1819 school year and the teacher convention is back in there? Uh I I I don't remember looking at the calendar. I know it's there and I looked at it briefly but I don't study it. Uh we are off for the convention. So I do know that. Actually that's funny. Let me, let me tangent that for a second being that you and I are both in the same boat with young kids and even Stacy with your older boys. You know, Kate and I had to sit down with both of our school calendars and the school calendar for miles 
and and Colton will be starting, you know, pre-K in the fall. And we had to sit down and like, like we're playing Battleship and triangulate all of our calendars to see who's off and when and what and do our spring breaks line up. I think that's more of a childcare issue for us. Um, I do. All, I do it every year. Every year. And I will say this year it was a lot easier because I had each of my boys sit with me with a Chromebook and put their own calendars into their own calendars on, in Google. And then I didn't have to worry about doing all three calendars. That's a great this, activity for this parental year we educators. Yeah. Three different schedules with three different schools. I was like, there's no way. Once my son got to middle school, I was like, you're in charge of your own calendar. You as a fifth grader are now going to be in charge of this calendar. And I will take care of my calendar and then we'll be done. So. Yeah, I think for us, we're, we're, we're kind of lucky in the regard that, you know, Ryan, my oldest, is going to be starting school. Starting kindergarten. Yeah, imagine that, right? Yeah. He's excited, though. I'll tell you that much. He's excited. So I hope that excitement doesn't doesn't leave. <laughs> Wait till the first day gets there. No, no, he'll still be excited. Don't say that. Um, but, you know, with my wife teaching in the district, you know, her breaks are always their break. You know, when they have to worry about is me. So... <laughs> Right. She'll be stuck. She'll be stuck home with the uh, with the kids, and when it's on their break, and I'll either be with her or I'll be working. So, you know, I, her last break that she had, I guess the last spring break she had, it was funny. She's like, "And here is the last time I'll have spring break by myself." Because every spring break will be with at least one of the two monsters. See, and I'm fortunate because my husband, who is not an educator, will just take like if we don't have a matching spring break, he usually takes off with them. It just stinks when you're trying to like do things together. Anyway, summer's coming. Absolutely. You know, a whole 10 months have passed by and I believe it was at this time last year or somewhere, give or take a few weeks, you know, we, we did a series of three episodes where we reflected on, you know, really specific to professional development for the three of us, where we talked about what we learned, what we were going to learn over the summer. And then we did an episode where we talked about what we hope to learn in this current school year that we're now getting ready to wrap up. So getting into our main topic, recently George Carlos published an article on his blog, and I shared it with both of you. And this blog was titled, Three Reminders for the End of the School Year. In his call to action for this post, he had his readers share their suggestions, and he ran with one of the suggestions from one of his readers, that led to his next post, which was titled Four Reflection Questions for the End of the School Year. The four questions that he poses in this article are, number one, what did I do well this year? Stacy, what was the second question? Where do I need to grow? Always one of my favorite questions. AJ, what was the third one? Question three is, what things will I challenge myself with next year? And the fourth question, how will all of these answers impact the learners I serve. Here in episode 31, we are going to tackle the first two questions, which are again, what did I do well this year? And where do I need to grow? And we hope you come back for episode 32, where we will tackle questions three and four, which are again, what things will I challenge myself with next year? And how will all of these answers impact the learners I serve? Let's just dive in guys. Let's start with question number one which is what did I do well this year? Uh, so this year, when I think about things that went well for me, I would like to say building rapport with my students is always one thing that I pride myself on. And I think although there were some difficult times where it was hard for me to break through that barrier of knowing what a 
mind of a 13 or 14 year old is, is like, uh, I think it was, it was good. You know, I, I had some moments where we were able to joke, we were able to have some fun. We were able to put the learning to the side in some of those times. Um, something, as I had mentioned in previous episodes, my focus for the year was on personalized learning, you know, including technology into my blended classroom. And, you know, I think I did it well. I'm not going to say I did it great because I don't look at anything I did this year as great or extraordinary. I think I did it well. I think I introduced the idea of personalized learning in a nice way for my students. I think they put together some projects and some work that they would be proud of. But I do think that I, I need to do more next year to answer this question in a different way. I say, based on the fact that you said you did it well and not great, and you are extra harsh on yourself, you probably did it great. No, I did not do it great. I, I, I will be honest with you right now. I did. I know I did not do it great because, and I say that very simply, with the technology that my students have, you know, they still were, they still were lost at times. You know, they still were like, well, I don't know how to do these things. No matter how many times I'd work with them and show them, you know, they they were lost, and I feel like. I could have done more to introduce how to integrate technology into their work better. Um, I think I could have been more engaging with them as they were doing certain projects and certain group work. Um, and I think like one of the things I really wanted to knock out of the park this year was really let them drive the learning. And I didn't do that. You know, I was guilty of a lot of the times um, digitizing worksheets that I thought would help them, you know, and I didn't put the learning on their hands and personalize it as much as I wanted to in other ways. And that, and that is being harsh on myself, but that is just my reflection of this year is what I'm going to bring with me into the summer. I, I can kind of play off of that in, in terms of something that I felt that I did well this year. Although I also feel that I was scrutinized a little bit for it, not, not from either of you, um, but putting it all in the hands of my students uh, doing the class again, freshman world history, making it entirely project-based. You know, I'm about two and a half weeks from the end of the school year and my students did not take one traditional test, no multiple choice, no true false, no short answer. Uh, the closest thing that they did was in each marking period, they and, and, and it's a district initiative, they have to do a DBQ, document-based question, where I kind of went rogue a little bit to play off our pal Rich. Um, and the one I did in the third marking period was a VBQ, which was a video-based question, uh, which I think I talked about here previously. Now, did it work? Uh, I, again, could my students pass a final in world history? No. In fact, I would venture to say that they don't really know anything about world history. But what did they leave my class with as a result of spending 80 minutes with me each day? They can create, they can communicate, they can collaborate. And I, I think that's, that's more important. I mean, as a 14, 15, 16 year old, in some cases, you know, in world history, you haven't made that choice to devote a lot of time and energy to the study of history. High school, you know, survey it. I, I approach it like a survey course, um, and I'm okay with that. There are other people who are not okay with that, but 
again, my, I think my kids can do more and think more for themselves than they could at the start of the year. And I'll actually throw in real quick. I had, I had them back on, you know, September 11th, I introduced Flipgrid to my students and I did one grid for all six of my classes. So I've got, you know, like 160 of these videos where these kids are talking about, you know, what they're passionate about, what their goal for the year is, and, you know, something they'd like in general. Like, it was like a get-to-know-you activity at the start of the school year. And I went back into Flipgrid, and I found this, and I'm in the process. I've been doing a few each day now for the last week where I'm downloading them, and I'm creating like a highlight video, which is just me stitching them all together for each separate class to say, you know, in a couple of weeks as we wrap the school year up, hey, this is where we started. Think of where you are right now. And is that, I don't know what that is. You know, it's, it's not core curriculum content standards of social studies, but in my mind, you know, social studies is people. And my students grew as people from September to June. That's something you know, that, I, that I feel I could celebrate. And Chris, I think you and I are in the same mindset when you're saying they're growing as people. I think that's all you can ask for. I mean, I, I can look back at all my stuff that I used to do in high school and middle school. And, and I don't remember a lot of the things that I did in history class. I remember the teacher. I remember the things that were fun. And, and, and that's it. And for us as educators, we want our students to walk out of our classroom with some kind of growth. Yeah. Are they going to leave? Are they all going to leave with a passion for learning uh, history and how it changed our world? No. You know, but the projects that you had created that you have discussed with us on the side sounded like tremendous projects that were a lot of fun and engaging and, and, you know, to get the quality of work from students. I think that's something to be proud of. And, and you mentioned the quality of work. The quality of work has drastically improved over the course of the year. You know, I mean, my, my big vision was to have them do genius hour. Well, I have more than half of my students not doing genius hour. They chose to do DBQs because they're 14, 15 years old and they chose what they felt would be the easy way out. Genius hour is hard. You know, so I, I think I got the right kids doing it. There were some who I thought, and, and you know, in my heart of hearts, I'm disappointed they didn't take take the bait, so to speak, and, and really take the opportunity because they may never get that chance again. So if I'm hearing you, Chris, you also have um, student growth as an accomplishment, student choice. There, there's a lot that your kids really did. I just wish that admin, because it sounds like some of the people who are unpleased with some of the progress might be upper administration. And I just wish that they looked at that, you know, being elementary, being an elementary teacher and knowing that, you know, we have standards-based report cards for a reason and we're not always looking for wide, like, breadth mastery like you would have in a history course, but like, you know, depth of knowledge and a smaller focus, but deeper meaning. Um, sounds like you got there, right? And, you know, I, I know, I, like... I, mean, I, I think also even one of the things that I'm really proud of is of my six classes, one of them is a repeater section. So it is a class of, and it has dwindled, I'm down to, I think, 19 or 20 to finish the school year. And I started with like 26, 27, where this is just a class full of kids who are taking the course for not the first time. I lost Wait, the where one. where did those other kids go? 
uh, the adult learning center or they have left high school. Okay. Um, and, and they were in the class, you know, already for the third time, some of them, but that's neither here nor there. But the ones that are left, they're all going to pass the class. You know, I, I've got some sophomores that are going to now finally be able to move on to, you know, US one. I've got uh, another student who's a junior who, you know, as a senior is going to be taking US one. And I've encouraged that student also, hey, double up, give up the elective and make sure you take US one and two. I mean, he's kind of got to, but, you know, all of those kids are going to move on. And it's not in any way, shape or form social promotion. They had to work for it because of the standards that I put in front of them to, you know, do the work, work on the assignments, do the projects. I'm excited about that. Tell us, Stacey. Um, So for me, I guess, like you, AJ, um, building rapport and making connections, not with students, but with my teachers, you know, there's something to be said for being in a building two years in a row and having the ability to connect on a deeper level um, to recognize where people are from last year and build upon their skills in a way that's comfortable for them. So, you know, after being in a building for two years, you get to know like who, you know, who really grasps technology quickly or who can come to you with their own ideas and you're, you know, fine tuning or, you know, you're, you're there to play devil's advocate and look for the holes. Um, this year, I think I really connected well with some of my world language teachers who are exceptional risk takers. Um, you know, we talked about, um, like with some of them, I was able to go through the coaching cycle that I learned at the start of the year with Jim Knight and throughout the year. But at the start of the year, we talked about that um, on the podcast you know, just the coaching institute and um, the impact cycle. And I was able to bring a couple of people through that and um, just kind of learn with them and through them, you know, by going through the coaching cycle with them. So that was kind of exciting. Um, but my world language teachers are like super duper rock stars in that they're always, always, always the ones coming to me with ideas, the ones coming to me with lots of questions. Um, we worked on differentiated instruction like I said, moving forward with with their own growth goals. And, um, you know, we talked about hyperdocs and a lot of them are creating, um, you know, whole units of study based around a hyperdoc and like sharing their content that way with their teachers or with their students, sorry, with their students. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about portfolios. I have a couple of teachers who at the end of the year, and I'm really proud of this too, decided to start their portfolios now with the kids that they have now so that they can work out any kinks. Um, and I, you know, I have always been of the mind that now is a good time or at the end of the year is a good time to start something that you're uncertain of because you already have the report that you need and your kids know what it's like to take risks with you. And I think that they would appreciate that you're taking a risk with them. Um, so now is a good time. The end of the year is a good time to start something new that you're uncertain about um, and do it with a class that you know really, really well. And so I have a couple of teachers doing that. And then this year I've managed to connect with um, my seventh grade teachers uh, doing this huge project that's new to them. Um, they're doing a documentary in their ELA and social studies classes as a combined unit 
of study. And at the end, they get to use a tool um, that we've talked about here. And Chris, I know you've highlighted it on House of Ed Tech We video. And I know you did that with um, Bruce, Bruce, Brian. Gosh, thank you. We'll fix that. So Chris, I know you talked about We Video with Bruce and um, you have a whole episode on that. And so I went back and I listened to some of that. I reached out to him actually throughout. So it's just been a, a great year of growth connecting with people, connecting with my administrators, um, my building administrators on a deeper level, you know, just moving professional development forward. That for me has been really tremendous. And just making sure that like the things that I'm offering to my teacher, not only to them, but to their students as well. And I think so far this year, and, you know, we still have about two and a half more weeks to go, actually 14 days of school left. But um, I think we're going to finish strong just through some of those efforts. So it's been a good year. Certainly sounds like it. I mean, I, I, I mean, we, we talk a lot and I don't really, I mean, there are points in the year where you get busy and again, you're, you're in a <laughs> unique position, but I, I can't think of a time this year where you were like down and out and, you know, you were struggling with anything. Um, at least not that you felt like sharing with us. <laughs> but I, I, I would definitely that I say that yeah, you, you definitely had a, a, a good positive year. It was a good year, especially, um, yeah, it was just a really good year of growth in my building. And I'm super excited um, that I will be in the same building next year so I can continue to build those relationships. Um, this is the first time in six years that I've been in the same place for more than two years. So, um, and that's a big deal when you're a coach and you're trying to build relationships and, you know, the biggest part of coaching, as we discovered um, collectively with all the coaches in my district, um, we met this week and like every time we had a conversation about like what the heart of coaching is, it's, it's relationship building. And for me, that has been a bit of a struggle just because I'm constantly moving. So next year. Three years, one place. And for my teachers, that's a real win for them too, because prior to my getting to my building, um, they had a coach, they had a different coach four years in a row. So that doesn't help them either. So I think it's been good. I just got to say, Stacey, that it, it's not that impressive for you to be in the same place three years in a row. Let us know when your consecutive years in one place is the same number as unlistened podcasts in your podcatcher. That's not going to happen Ooh. because the number's high. Summer's coming. Start listening. Oh, my. All I did today was listen. So we'll we talk should, about that later, though, at the end of the show. I, I was going to say, we'll, we'll, we'll get the number and maybe we could place it over under as to where you'll be September 1st. Ooh. Well, if I stopped oh, adding new shows, that would be helpful. So do we want to talk about where we need to grow and how we've stunk up the joint? Absolutely. All right. That's, let's do it. Like I said, it's my favorite question. There you go. So, so question number two. Again, this is from George Karras' recent blog post, four reflection questions for the end of the year. Question number two is, where do I need to grow? I've been working out again, so I was kind of hoping. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just I'm doing the P90X of education. Oh, my God. Take that out. <laughs> what did she say? I missed it. She, told me, she said, I mean, ice cream. No, I said beer and ice cream. Oh, beer and ice cream. I thought you said, go ahead and just keep eating ice cream. <laughs> I, I was thinking beer and ice yeah, cream. Yeah, too. It is summer, so that is what I was rocking a frosty beer. one here. 
on camera that nobody's looking at. There you go. I'm, I'm like staring at the document and making notes in my iPad. Um, I should have a beer, but it's kind of late. A little bit. A little bit. I'll just drink my water. This is an alcohol. This is having a good time on the podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to school tomorrow, so whatever. What's in your swell bottle? Um, just water. It's always just water. I don't put anything else in here because it's kind of gross. Yeah, when you pull, yeah. wait, what? That's kind of gross. I don't know. All right, so Stacy is taking a break to have some water, water, vodka, whatever. Um, water, water. Anyway, AJ, where do you need to grow beyond working out? So, Chris, you can include the part where he said working out, but that's it. <laughs> what was that? I'm not looking. So yeah, going into next year, uh, I think uh, the best way I, I'm going to pick on two things here. All right, uh, I'm going to choose to be more of a leader in my school and and the uh, the region that I'm in, and uh, I'll be hoping to work with more teachers and help them along their way. That that's just a personal thing that you know I need to do for myself to just get myself back into that realm of leadership that I still want to go down. But I think for the classroom, I think I need to listen to my students more. I'm going to go with that as where I need to grow because I don't want to keep throwing technology at them if that's not what they're interested in. Um, I need to figure out the best ways for them to determine what's important in our socialized class and let them determine how it should be shown that they are learning. You know, I know a lot of kids focus on grades as their measuring stick of success. So I think I need to improve how I give assessments, whether I give one, and Chris, you just talked about this, I know, well, whether I give one alternate assessment that goes along with a quiz, you know, just so it's something for them that they can kind of hold on to as proof that they are learning in some ways. Um, so I think that's that's one thing I need to do. So I need to listen to them more. I need to figure out what works best for them so that they can find their growth throughout the year and they can find their importance and their passion within a social studies classroom. AJ, one thing that uh, with some new curriculum coming out in my district for U.S. history, U.S. and U.S. tour new curriculums and world is new curriculum. One thing that they're focusing on is the project base, but when it comes to assessment, they're recommending choice with assessment. So sure, put together the multiple choice, true, false test, but it also offer students, all right, you could take the test or you could do fill in the blank or you could do fill in another blank that could demonstrate your learning. So that might be something you could informally do in your classroom. Yeah, that that might be a, a good idea. And that kind of fits in like that personalized aspect that was so that could be a really good addition. So thank you for that one. Would you consider Genius Hour? Would I consider Genius Hour? I would consider it. Um, I would, I just have to figure out how it could fit best. You know, I know, I know, I know the concept of it. I know you're supposed to make it fit. So it's their passion, but I just, I, yeah, no, it's something I can think about for okay. next year. <laughs> right. Because you still, like, I feel like most teachers, most content area teachers want it to fit the content and st like, still be a student-based project, like a student interest. 
I'm not even worried about the content aspect of it as much as I'm worried about how it would go about in my classroom. Right. You know, would it be like just a Friday thing? Would it be something that we focus on during downtime? Like, I, you know, I just, it would be something I had to really think about and figure out a goal mm-hmm. for my students with genius hour. I don't want to do genius hour because it's a buzzword. You know what I mean? Right. I hear you. I just didn't know. I heard you say student voice, student choice. And I thought mm-hmm. like, that's a really cool way to get kids into it. But I also know, like Chris said, it's hard. And sometimes our kids just aren't in that space. It doesn't mean we can't provide those opportunities, but anyway. I think something to even consider there for, for anybody, whether it's us or, you know, you who is listening, you know, going back to our last episode with what Jay Billy said and the question that he asked people, you know, why are you doing that? Not in a punitive right. way or, you know, a gotcha way, but why why are we making certain choices in our classrooms, with our lessons, with our students? Why do we do what we do? So justify it or at least give that some thought that that should certainly be driving what we're doing. So I guess I'll talk about where I need to grow. And as I sit here, I'm thinking, I have no idea, which I follow up with. I'm not the greatest teacher who ever lived. So clearly there are areas where I struggle. I'm just, maybe I'm oblivious to it. I, I mean, where do I need to grow? Like I'd like to do, like I'm considering, could I do genius hour in more than the fourth marking period? I don't know. You know, do I want to, you know, go more into the content? You know, there are people who will tell me to my face, Yes, you need you need to grow and do better and do more with the content and you know that's I don't know. I mean Could I, you possibly, Chris, do like a mini genius hour, like a super quick like I think my son's um G and T teacher called it like a soul project, and I forget what soul stands for. I could look that up for you. Um, and we can include it in the show notes once I remember what it is after I ask Richie tomorrow morning. Um, but like, I know it's not all of the bells and whistles of a genius hour, but it's like a quick way to be independent and self-directed and study a passion and then do that at the beginning of the year. So that come last marking period, it's not like this big burden. That I would be open to that, but I would have to wait and see who are my students? You know, cause if I, the way I do it now, I feel that, or I felt that, you know, again, teaching social studies thematically and the different types of projects I had them do was, you know, scaffolded. You know, we, I, I couldn't ask them to do things. I asked them to do in February and March back in September and October, you know, we built up to, Hey, here's this opportunity to learn this way and, you know, do what you want. Actually, as, as I sit here, you know, that I wrote my plans, the last set of plans for this school year, I'm, I'm turning the class over to them. I, I've determined the topics, but I'm going to let the kids drive. What are we going to do? What do we have to learn? And how are we going to be assessed where they will design everything soup to nuts? And that's what we're going to be doing this week. But in terms of where I need to grow, I I don't know. I, I, I know I have, I just can't self-identify areas of weakness. They're there. Oh, no, it's not even about it's not about weakness though. I don't I don't say weakness and like think like you didn't do a good job. You know, it's just growing as 
what you can continue to do next year. Maybe it's just continuing with it with an idea. Then you just said that, you know, don't say weakness. Yeah, I just. What kind of areas do you? What kind of things are mentioned in your um, areas for improvement in, in like your end of the year eval and stuff like that? And do you even find those recommendations valid? Because I, yeah, I asked for a reason, but whatever. I'm gonna keep my little halo on and not get. The, the biggest thing out of that is, is about the content. Mister Ness needs to focus on the content. And is that because you went thematic this year and took a risk? I guess so. And have you had conversations with people about that where you know you're trying to build their understanding and and kind of bring them onto your side with oh, that sure. kind of stuff? Sure I have. And has that worked? Like, are they, do they understand why you're making your educational decisions the way you are? No, they haven't a clue in the world. I tell them, right. this is how I'm justifying it. And this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And they can't see past the point that they need to make to me. Which is, this is how we've always done it. Or, you know, before I walk in the room, they know what they want to tell me and they know what, what, they want inf what information they want to convey to me and it doesn't matter what I walk in there and say or justify or converse about or ask questions about they've got their predefined predetermined message that which is really aggravating so for me where do I need to grow um, I've done a lot of thinking about this and like really a lot of this is a build-up on you know, the six years that I've been in this position, but I get to build upon it, like I said, because next year I'll be in the same building. So um, one of the things that I've applied for in my district is to be part of the, this thing we have called the alternative assessment or alternative evaluation um, in that I would not be observed two times next year. And instead I would be part of this cohort of teachers who delve deeper into one um, problem of practice and they really just focus on that one thing all year. And with the guidance of a, of a supervisor, they try to build that to capacity and make that an area of strength for the teacher so that you show improvement for the learners at stake. And um, like I said, I applied for that. So I won't know if I got it. And then um, until later, I don't know when, but. If I did, and even if I didn't, one of the things that I really, really want to work on for next year, either through the alternative evaluation or just on my own, is to really attract participants to um, the optional PD offerings that I um, put out throughout the year. So, you know, about once a month, I'm responsible for a... a um, what I call a chew and chat. And it's, you know, every, it's one Wednesday every month and it's four sessions throughout the day, four 40 minute sessions. You know, so it's not as tremendous chunk of time that a teacher is giving up to attend. Um, they're always broadcast in advance, but I have to say like, sometimes I will have a session and it's just me. And that gets kind of lonely. I've never had a session in a month that's been too poorly attended but, you know, um, a lot of the times I have 
repeat customers, which is amazing because like that to me is the highest compliment. Like they got something out of it last time and they chose to come back. Like they are finding whatever I'm sharing valuable. But I guess my biggest question is like those people that I'm not reaching or those people who only come one time, like what's holding them back from attending? Is it that I'm not offering the right kind of professional development for them? Um, Is the timing off? Is it, you know, is it just that like the time of month that I offer it is chaotic or, you know, is it just like, I mean, there's any number of factors that can influence that. that. I said, there's any number of factors that can influence the attendance. So I guess like, um, I really want to think that through. And one of the things George Coros mentions in, in the article that we're referencing to is that like, now's a good time to, pull in your learners and have them um, give you feedback. So that's my plan so that I can be reflective over the summer and just kind of start thinking about like, what is it that will get them to come? Because I build it and sometimes the same people come and I would like to have more people and more of the same people come, if that makes sense. So you want to reach not just some of the people, some of the time you want to reach more of the people, more of the time. Um, I do have people who think that my numbers are too low um, and that's not why I'm reflecting on it. I just feel like um, more people could benefit from some of the things that I'm sharing and I could benefit from tapping into the topics that they want to hear. If one person shows up, that's one-to-one instruction. Oh, and I if you had don't ever for, knock that. I really don't. If you had 30 people show up, that would probably be more challenging. Kind of right. like teaching in a classroom full of 30 people. Right. And technology is a tricky thing to teach to. Technology is the worst thing to teach to large groups of people. When I teach technology, kids will often ask me, Mr. Nessie, why are you standing behind everybody? Uh, So I can see everybody's screen at the same time. Yes. So true. And all it takes is one person to drift away for one second to throw the whole thing off. Yeah. Yep. So that takes us to the end of part one of this two-part series. So now it's your turn out there, uh, podcast listeners. Give us a little shout. Hit us up on social media, at Podcast PD, on the Instagram and Twitter. You know, our accounts, we'll give them to you at the end if you need it. But tell us, tell us those two things. What's something that you did well for the school year and where do you need to grow going forward? And again, your growth doesn't have to be a weakness. Something you want to grow on and just kind of improve or extend and expand. But reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts. Before we get out of here, what are we listening to? So far, I'm the only one who put something in our notes. So I'll go first while you guys put it all together. And I, for those of you listening, maybe we could do like a charity auction where you could come and watch this hangout. <laughs> just to see Stacy. Maybe I'll do some screenshots just to get Stacy's facial expressions. <laughs> and now she's lost it. She's down. Down goes Lindus. <laughs> um, anyway, so anyway, Stacy's really funny to watch in a Google Hangout. So something I'm listening to recently is, and, and I'm going to recommend this strongly, Stacy. We're going to go back to the ESPN Thirty for Thirty podcasts. Season three is titled Bikram. Is that like Bikram Yoga? Yes, it is. Five episodes, all oh, about. That's- all about Bikram Chowdhury and 
definitely you want to you want to check this out. I I am I did yoga one time when I was in college. I thought I was in love, <laughs> and I did. I went to yoga. Uh, I'm I did yoga one time when I was in college. <laughs> one time, twenty years ago. Not the one time story from college you'd think someone might tell, but yeah, mine was. I went to a yoga class. I went to yoga. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so I don't have any experience with yoga, but I listened to all five episodes. I enjoyed the storytelling of the tale of Bikram Chowdhury, uh, the man behind Bikram Yoga. There'll be a link in the show notes, but you can go to 3430podcasts.com slash Bikram, and that's B-I-K-R-A-M, or if you just in your podcatcher, search for 30 for 30 podcast. These are the five most recent episodes from their recent season, and this is the first time where they dedicated a series of episodes to one story on the 30 for 30 podcast. AJ, I know you subscribe to 30 for 30. Have you listened to this? I'm still a little behind on their second season, to be honest with you. So, no, I have not listened to this one. But what I have been listening to, if you want my recommendation, I can give that to you right now. Uh, I'm going to give a special shout out. I'm going to go with something totally different here. All right. I was mowing the lawn today and I went to the driving range today. So I had the earphones on and I was having the podcast playing. But I'm going to go with one outside of the box for my normal recommendation. I'm going to give a little shout out to a friend who is an educator but has decided that education is no longer her passion and she is leaving the field of education to uh, take a different journey. I'm going to recommend that you all give this podcast a listen to. She has one episode so far. Her name is Jessica Groff and she started a podcast called Live Like a Mother. And this is about her lifestyle change as a holistic coach and a life coach and journey through that. And her first episode which I really appreciated was the importance of following your heart. And she really lays it out there as to, you know, why she's leaving the field of education and what her future goals are with this practice. And this is episode one of her podcast. And I really think it's good to kind of like put her journey into perspective as I was listening to it. I was kind of just connecting some of the dots with my life and, and my thought processes. So again, the podcast is called live like a mother. And she has one episode so far, but I know she's putting a lot together uh, because podcasting is now her new favorite thing. So uh, give it a listen. And hey, uh, it's you know what? Be, through the magic of technology, why don't we listen to a, a few seconds of this right here, right now? So let's turn it over to and ask for permission later to Jess Groff. So here is a little sample of episode one, the importance of following your heart. Hey, this is Jess Groff with Live Like a Mother, and you're listening to episode number one, The Importance of Following Your Heart. Hey, hey, this is Jess Groff, and you're listening to the Live Like a Mother podcast. I'm here to help you lead a happier, healthier lifestyle. We're going to talk all about living a clean, green, energetic life and how to find your own path to happiness. You ready? Let's get started. Guys, this is so surreal. I'm sitting in my little podcasting tent, <laughs> aka my daughter's dress-up tent, my cat, my husband's upstairs watching the Mets, and I am here talking to you out there, wherever you are. And 
it's so crazy to me that I'm talking to you and you could be listening to this a year from now, two years from now. It's just going to be out there forever for anybody to listen to anywhere in the world. That being said, I did a thing. I went ahead and resigned from my job as a teacher a couple of weeks ago. And this seemed like a big deal. That's what we call a tease where you can now go over to jessicagroff.com. There'll be a link in the show notes over at podcastpd.com slash 31. And you can listen to the rest of episode one, which again is titled The Importance of Following Your Heart, which I am now going to go back and listen to when we are done here. That was super cool. And that's gutsy, you know. Mm-hmm. I, that's like one of the games that we play as educators. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Like, what would you do if you weren't teaching? And that's something that she talks about in the episode, which I and I have zero listen. answers. Right. So I'm going to go listen to it. And this is why my number never goes down because there's always a suggestion. And <laughs> well, that's the part of what we do here, right? But at, at least only on, one episode Stacey, so far. At least when you subscribe to this one, there's only one episode. That's what AJ was just saying, you guys. And it's only it's only 15 minutes long, so you really can't go wrong. And let me just say, her website looks good. The audio quality sounds good. I don't know how it came through to you guys, but listening here on my end, playing it, uh, audio sounded great. So from a, a technical perspective, it, it it works for me. I said to her, because like she her kids go to my, my kids' school. I was like, so, so what are you using to record it? She said, my phone. I said, no, no, no. What are you really using to record it? She's like, no, my phone. I'm in my kid's tent so that nobody bothers me. I was like, okay, we'll talk. I think you need a microphone. <laughs> That's amazing. I just like, she was like, I'm in my podcasting tent, AKA my kid's tent. And Chris, <laughs> like, you'd be, you'd be proud. You'd be proud, Chris. She uses audacity to edit her podcast. That's awesome. Very cool. AJ, thank you for sharing that because I got to tell you, there are some days I talk about education and I'm just like, what am I doing? Tired of spinning my wheels in the stand some days. Yes, but that's not what this topic is. So that's a story for July. Maybe. <laughs> All right. So let's. Uh, so we haven't played this game with uh, like, what does the chicken pock look like on my phone? All right. Here we go. Were we yes. going over under? Is that what we're playing right now? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Tell me what, right. what number you think oh, it is, AJ. No, no. Hold on. No, we want to play the over under game with. Where we think she'll be uh, September first, oh, but okay. AJ, you want right. to do it twice? Yeah, I want to. Well, I'm gonna. I'm making a guess right now. Yeah, take a stab. All right, you're you're, a, go you're, ahead, AJ. Then I'll then I'll guess. You're over thirteen hundred. Okay. Now my guess is, I'm gonna say you are under twelve fifty. Oof! Wow. One dollar, Bob. <laughs> under twelve fifty. 1600 survey says 1749 oh my goodness oh my goodness that's not simple that's ridiculous no it's not simple i can't listen to them all so here's how it got out of control when i was doing tripod month back in march i kept adding things because people were making recommendations or I saw that somebody was on somebody else's show. So I checked that out for a little bit. And um, yeah, I just haven't gotten rid of them because I can't. 
Yeah. So one of the podcasts, you, we'll talk about it offline because I don't want to be negative about a podcast. I'm just trying to figure it out. And Stacey, this is akin to going to the buffet what? and you don't just like sample the things at the buffet. You're taking full plates and you walk back and you should be like um, 1,700 pounds. I know. Well, yeah. It's like it's, a pound of podcast. A but like, all right, so we've talked about this too, where I told you guys about the one podcast where I was like, I, this was recommended to me and these people hate education. I have no skin in that game. That podcast sucked. Right. So I'm not going to out it or anything. My recommendation is going to sound familiar because I did recommend it during tripod month. Um, and that's actually, I think when I discovered it was even on my podcast catcher because the name of the show changed what i listened to all day today i kind of binged on it was making obama and it's out of wbez chicago and um the reason i said it just kind of showed up on my podcast catcher is because originally i listened to making oprah um and then the host of the show um kind of just changed topics and change it to Barack Obama. And I thought that was kind of interesting since, you know, they both come out of Chicago. The show is on, on the public radio there. And, um, you know, you know how much I like NPR stuff. And I think that's probably how I heard about making Oprah to begin with. And um, she's kind of nice. The show gives you like all the history up to the 2008 election um, so not so much his childhood, but his life as, um, a, when he was just Barry activist. Obama. Yeah. And like where he, you know, like, yeah, yeah. So like his life as a community planner, a community organizer, um, you know, his first run for state Senator, um, his unsuccessful bid as a U.S. Congressperson. Um, all of those things, like some of that, I, I really didn't know. And so, um, it was just kind of cool. And, you know, I just listened to, um, the James Comey book, higher loyalty, hmm. where, you know, he talks about meeting, um, president Obama. And I've just been on this whole, like, I just like good storytelling and, um, you know, whatever opinion you have about our former president or even James Comey or anybody else. Um, I was watching the documentary on John McCain or I started watching it and then I was like, oh, I want to watch this from the beginning. So again, I just like stories. I like the beginning of stories to, to biographies. <laughs> yeah, I really do. I really enjoy that. And, um, biographies and memoirs, I find really enticing. That's the kind of nonfiction I like outside of, um, educational books. So yeah. Anyway. I highly say if Obama's not your person, then check out Making Oprah. But there's a lot of really good storytelling, almost serial-like, where there's like a lot of backstory and it's like interwoven and it's not like just a like biography, like, and then this happened and like this straight timeline, there's a lot of like weaving in and um, guest speakers and stuff. So pretty cool. All right. So real quick, before we get out of here, uh, AJ, let's do the over-under on where she's going to be in September when she's had to 10 weeks to listen to all of this. She's going to go through and delete some things. So that's... Man, you know what, Stacey? I don't really trust you very much. I love you. 
You're a great person. I don't trust you're actually going to go through and get rid of all these things. So I'm going to go with the start of September. September 1. That's what we're saying, right? September 1st. Write this down. September 1. Yeah, we're we recording it. We don't have to write it down. Yeah, seriously. No, I write everything down. No, you're going to you're gonna make some changes, but I still think you're going to have some big ones. I'm going to go with seven, seven, I'll just go round, 750. That's my number, 750. So she'll have 750 unlistened to podcast episodes to. Yes. on September 1st. I, I, I took a lot out of there. Like, think about that. Yeah, it's like a thousand episodes yeah. that went somewhere yeah. else. Let's see. If I have my way, I'd have to do the biggest pushing of my life. I could get her to zero if I really. I would never be at zero. Yeah, I was going to say zero is impossible because something's going to pop up. It's been well. Okay. All right. Uh, do I have to give a number or can I give a range? I got to. Okay. You, you said no, seven fifty. I give a number. Yeah, give it's a number. Over right. under. Over under. I'm going to say under. Well, how do I win? No, I, then I have to take the over. No, we can't do over under. We got to pick a number. Yeah, you Close, pick your number. Closest without going over. Price is right rules. Who's not All going right. over, Stacy? <laughs> Yeah, I can't go over your number. You can't have more than a number. Okay, so uh, I'll say you said seven fifty, AJ. I said seven fifty. Yeah, you did seven fifty. I'm gonna say nine twenty. Wow, big number still, Stacey. I know. Should I give a number? No, no, you can't give it because you control it. Here. All right, fine. My number is sixteen hundred. The end. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Say good night. <laughs> uh, hey, if place your prop bets, everybody who's listening, tweet. Uh, can we make up a hashtag for this? <laughs> hashtag Stacy's Stacy's number. No, that's awful. Take Stacy's number. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Please take that out. Your mom, I'm <laughs> Stacy's mom. It's getting late. Um, Stacy's podcast number. No. Hashtag pods a lot. Pods That's lot. awful. Just make it hashtag podcast BD. We'll go. get it. I like Anytime that. You see I, a love, number on pod- I, th- I love that. That's the best educational podcasting hashtag that there is. Uh, it all stemmed from an article. A blog post. Stuff like this that make me want to say goodnight. Uh, or goodbye. Whoa. Whoa. Who's leaving? Some harsh words right there. Yeah, but if you say goodnight, then you're timing it that's why i don't say good night anymore i say goodbye anyway so much for you to edit out of this chris good luck yeah that's a good thing you got a week (laughs) (laughs) all right let's rock let's roll this up all right so now that you guys all get to participate in how many podcasts i will still have on my phone by the end of the year Summer. Um, yes, yeah, so that too, by the end of the summer, 
which gives me some time because right now I'm still not in summer months, but you also have to recognize I do a lot of summer reading and um, that's always been my problem is I just try to strike a balance between podcast listening too much. I just listen to a lot of audio, which is why Voxer has not been successful for me anymore because I've really just put a lot of emphasis. Hey, you're still in. on Voxer? I haven't heard from you. In- <laughs> I am. I boxed tonight. I'm lucky I get a heart. Whatever. Anyway, so weigh in. How many podcasts do you think will still be on my phone by the end of the summer? So by August 31st or September 1st, whatever the end of the summer is for you. Technically for me, I go to Labor Day. So we'll figure it out. Um, We'll set the actual end date maybe in the next episode. We'll figure out all the rules. But what's your number? September 1st. September That's 1st. All right. September 1st. That's fine. And we'll send out stickers to whoever's closest. Ooh, that's a game. I know. We could do that, right? We could send out some podcast PD stickers. Yeah. Look at us go. We're like a real podcast now. What? Because we've got stuff. We've got stickers. <laughs> we have pod swag. Hashtag swag. Pod swag. So we'll send you a sticker if you're within 100. How about that? In August. That and, sounds great. Um, and yeah so on that note say goodbye christopher goodbye christopher say goodbye aj goodbye aj have a good one everyone goodbye thank you for joining us for this episode of podcast pd for links to all the resources mentioned in this and every episode please visit our website podcastpd.com You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco and I also blog at AJBianco.me You can connect with me on Twitter I am Mr. Nessie and I would love it if you also checked out the House of Ed Tech podcast over on ChrisNessie.com You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at IronTech and I blog at IronTech.me connect with podcast pd on twitter and instagram at podcast pd we'd also love to have you as a member of our facebook community go to podcastpd.com forward slash facebook to join you can help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast so share us with a colleague and if you do it on social media please make sure to tag us Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators, podcast by educators. For more podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com.